Hello, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talking Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. It's coming off a smashing weekend and uh, a lot more to look forward to as we ramp up uh, towards the new year, which won't be too far away, quite frankly. But let's start off today's episode with a, a, a story on one of our favorite fighters here on Talk and Fight, Florian Marku, the Albanian king who defeated Dylan Moran on the undercard in only 54 seconds of his fight. Um, the Albanian superstar demolished a seriously skilled and experienced opponent in Dylan Moran within one minute. That's despite the fight being a hotly anticipated matchup with many expecting a 50-50 battle between the pair. And when we say many, I doubt many Albanians were expecting a 50-50 battle. I'm sure they were expecting Florian Marku to absolutely clobber Moran. Uh, it's interesting, though, because there were a couple comments post-fight. Uh, Marku said, I've been working so hard for this fight for my comeback. I want big fights. People keep avoiding me. It was a frustrating year. I respect Dylan Moran, but I'm on a different level. When I'm focused, I'm dangerous. Give me a proper fight, and you'll see what we can do, which allowed promoter Ben Shalom of Boxer double x uh told uh, uh the reporters there that mark who had now overcome all his injury problems i've worked with florian a long time he's always been uh, held back by injuries having had this year out of the ring he's now fit uh so he's a dangerous animal he's a big star and we've got real talent on our hands so it's interesting to note uh, on that undercard by the way uh was uh, a name I think we should look out for his name is uh, Frankie Stringer and uh, he won a a points victory in his sixth professional fight. But most importantly, he's managed by Liam Smith uh, and trains in the same gym, by the way, as the uh, main event. Uh, Anyway, so there we go. Some interesting news on that uh, full card, by the way, uh, Chris Eubank Jr., as you all know, uh, won uh, his bout with uh, Liam Smith as Adam Azim won uh, his fight, Fraser Clark. Unbelievably, we'll get into that in a second when his fight. Uh, Jack Collin, we'll get into his fight in a second as well. Uh, Michaela Mayer, as I predicted on Friday night, won. Uh, Florian Marco, as I just told you, technical knockout, round one, 54 seconds. Lauren Price uh, beat Lolita Mazuya. And as I said, Frankie Stringer uh, beat Angel Gomez. So let's have a quick look at some of the highlights. Uh, Michaela Mayer looked certainly impressive. Uh, she took a flawless 10-round victory. In her first fight at 140 pounds, I might add, uh, her rugged opponent was Silvia Berto, and the Italian was happy to trade blows uh, right to the very end. Again, uh, they're now looking, uh, Michaela Mayer's camp, that is, is now looking to get back into world championship contention uh, at her new weight class with boxers uh, Natasha Jonas, world champ at 147 pounds. She's not the only one after Jonas, I might add. Uh, which brings us to Lauren Price, who, as I said earlier, beat Lolita Musea, uh, the Tokyo 2020 Olympic gold medalist and inaugural professional women's boxing champion. Lauren Price won every round in her shortened fight with Lolita Musea. After scoring a knockdown in the fifth, the referee had the call uh, for the fight to go to the scorecards early due to the accidental clash of heads, rendering my, uh, Musea unable to continue. Uh, after the fight, uh, Lauren Price uh, said to the media, it was good uh, good to get back in there. I want to be busy. It was my fifth professional fight against someone with an 18-1 record with 10 knockouts. And she headlined against Savannah Marshall uh, two fights ago. So Natasha Jonas, she's got the belt, uh, she said. Uh, I respect her. 
but I want to be chasing world titles. We're both British, and it'd be an honor to share the ring with her. So Lauren Price and Michaela Mayer both going after Natasha Jonas. Speaking of British uh, boxers, Fraser Clark, let's let's call this the, the odd story of Fraser Clark, okay? Um, the 2020 Olympic medalist uh, did the job in the end, but not after being deducted points for persistent low blows. Um, you know, he was pretty against a very experienced opponent uh, in Devon. Uh, and, and Clark had to get his hands dirty. The fight was an ugly heavyweight bout uh, with, with both men uh, showing power in both hands. Uh, it was excruciating to watch uh, for the 18 minutes it lasted. Both men were willing to take a few hits, to give a few back, uh, creating a mixture of blows landing and messiness from the first round. Uh, Clark dominated most exchanges through his cannon-like jab and superior size and reach. However, Allen remained stubbornly frustrated and hungry to stretch the fight to the later rounds when Clark might have tired. Um, Allen also uh, spoke to Clark in the ring, which clearly affected the bigger man. Um, however, uh, Allen retired from the fight due to damage inflicted on him by Clark, most notably to his jaw. There were also reports of a perforated eardrum in the aftermath. Basically, it means... Uh, Fraser can continue his rise through the British heavyweight ranks, um, despite having words with Allen after the final bell, said Clark. Uh, afterwards, not my not not vintage again from me, but if you're going to learn on the job, let me tell you, Dave Allen is the man to do it with. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, in other news on that particular undercard, I see that uh, Jack Cullen has uh, beaten Mark Heffron to win the British and Commonwealth belts that were at stake. Um, facing Mark Heffron, Jack Cullen, um, who, by the way, was expected to lose. He was the underdog, um, you know, against the experienced, formidable opponent in, in Heffron. But uh, Cullen came out on top. Uh, the first uh, two rounds of the fight were relatively cagey. Heffron was keen to push forward, but Cullen used his height advantage effectively. Uh, Heffron did find some openings and to land some shots to the body in the second and third rounds. However, Cullen also landed well in that time, including a clubbing right hand at the end of the second round that hurt Heffron. Uh, as the end of the third round approached, uh, Cullen uh, landed a lightning fast left hook that sent Heffron tumbling to the canvas. Despite Heffron instantly rising back to his feet, the referee had no choice but to end the fight and crown a new champion. So Jack Cullen had this to say, it's unreal. Just as a kid watching boxing with uh, with my dad, who uh, who he's who I'd fight for, uh, we're not just watching it; we won it. Uh, me and Mark know each other. We went to the same gym. He had the title we wanted, though. If I didn't get those losses, it would be <laughs> I wouldn't be here fighting for this. Boxing is my life. I put everything into this fight. A rematch between the pair wouldn't be out of the question, as Colin contemplates the first defense, and Heffron looks to come again. So interesting, uh, as a side note to all of this, uh, some words from Liam Smith uh, in the aftermath of his loss or learning experience uh, to Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, he revealed uh, that he was weak and flat in the 10th round in his uh, TKO loss uh, to Eubank um, because he, he lost literally 42 pounds uh, cut during camp and an ankle injury sustained during the contest apparently. He stated afterward that he felt like uh, his mobility was also hampered because of that la left ankle problem. The 35-year-old, probably at the end of the line, 
33-4-1, 20 knockout. Looks like a shell of the fighter he'd been in that first fight with Eubank Jr., who's now 33-3, 24 knockouts. But he was unable to pull the trigger on his punches and incapable of fighting through the clinching that was being done to keep him bottled up. Smith says he suffered a back injury that he couldn't uh, train uh, before camp and put, along, uh, put on a weight that he'd taken off uh, while getting ready for the rematch rapidly. Uh, dealing with the injury in camp while trying to take off the 42 pounds made Smith's job that much harder, putting him in a near impossible situation to try and win. He said, I feel the weight killed me. I cut 42 pounds and uh, not a lot of people uh, you know, thought he could get in there and, and dominate the way he dominated from the opening bell, uh, said uh, um, uh, Spencer Oliver writing for Boxing King Media uh, about Chris Eubank Jr. But that was a superb performance, he said. He had demons going to this one. You know how conclusive the first the fight was. That was a career-best performance. Chris deserves a world title shot on the back of that. Let's move on to other fights in the clash between Scottish fan favorites. 40-year-old former three-division world champ Ricky Burns, 45-8-1, battered 44-game 44-year-old game, Willie uh, LeMond, who's 42-6 and six for eight rounds in a welterweight bout that was held on Friday night at the Brayhead Arena in Glasgow. Uh, LeMond remained on his stool after round eight, however, uh, allowing, uh, as I said, Ricky Burns to, to gain that victory. Elsewhere, uh, light heavyweight Lyndon King Arthur, 25-1, and one, scored a spectacular 10th round knockout over Brian Suarez, 18-2, and two, also on Friday night. And that was a clash for the IBO title at the University of Bolton Stadium in Bolton, England. Suarez, who missed uh, weight, dropped Arthur in round four and, and basically outmuscled and outworked him until Arthur connected with a left hook to the body in round 10 that sent Suarez to the canvas for the count. And uh, elsewhere... And a women's bantamweight unification that we mentioned on the Friday night panel, WBO champ Dina Thorsland, now 20-0, undefeated, eight knockouts, uh, took a 10-round unanimous decision over WBC bantamweight champ uh, Yulhan Avila, 25-4-1. and one. I was held uh, in uh, Denmark on Friday night as well. Scores were 99, 91, 98, 92, 97, 93. And uh, speaking of women in the ring, it looks like Australian super flyweight champ Holly McMath uh, is, is going to enter the ring. Her next opponent uh, looking to be uh, um, to, for a fight held in October. Uh, it's going to be Holly Holly, uh, Holly McMath. It's going to uh, fight in Sydney, North South Wales. Australia will be taking on, there it is, My Solomon. Uh, uh, that's for the vacant uh, M uh, NASA Australasian Super Flyweight title, 20th of October. That's what I was looking for, the date. There we are. As I said, uh, also on that, by the way, on that undercard of uh, uh, Dina Thorsland victory, we also had uh, Brooke Eaton uh, fighting uh, Esther uh, Kanitsha. So there you go. That was a super middleweight title uh, about, I don't think it's a title though. But speaking of titles, uh, ranked fighters uh, who are scheduled to fight over the next upcoming weeks, I think I'd point this out. I think you guys deserve a quick little listen as to who's coming up. Other than uh, Jala Zhang and Joe Joyce, the heavyweights, they're going head-to-head uh, -head September 23rd. In the super middleweight division, you've got Christian Mabili taking on Desmond Nicholson on September 8th. In the middleweight division, you've got Austin Williams 
ranked number 10, by the way, uh, taking on Steve Rolls on September 23rd in the lightweight division. Uh, William Zapita going to take on Marquito Gasta in junior lightweight division. Robson Canchaco taking on Humberto Gilanda uh, in the featherweight division. Luis uh, Lopez taking on uh, Joad Gonzalez in the featherweight division. Ruben Villa taking on Brandon Valdez, junior bantamweight division. Junto Nakatani is going to take on Argi Cortez, flyweight division. Hiroto Kayaguchi going to take on Jervan Marna, junior flyweight division. Kenshiro Taraji taking on Hekai Bundler in September 18th. So a whack of fights going on in September. And let's not forget about uh, an expected battle uh, between Yokasta Vala and, and an opponent to be announced that's taking place on September 16th. And Yocasta Valley, one of our favorites here on Talk and Fight, without a doubt. To round out uh, today's headlines, I got to say a very sad story. How stupid can you be? Subtitle this one. Uh, Chris Eubank Jr.'s trainer, Brian McIntyre, also known as Bomac, has been charged with possession of a firearm and possession of ammunition for a firearm without a certificate. Those charges being laid by the Greater Manchester Police after he was arrested at the Manchester airport uh, following the fight between Liam Smith and his young protege, Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, McIntyre uh, attended then the Stockport Magistrates Court on Monday morning and was remanded in custody, so he's still in jail, pending an appearance at Manchester Crown Court next month. At around uh, 10.45 a.m. on Sunday morning, uh, you know, a good 12 hours, I guess, after the fight, uh, officers were called to reports of a possible firearm being found in the hold luggage by airport staff. Um, after initial inspection by security staff, GMP officers attended and the firearm was seized. Subsequently, a 53-year-old man was arrested for possession of a firearm and was taken into custody for further questioning. That person being Brian McIntyre from the United States of America, who was charged with possession of a firearm, as I said, and possession of ammunition for a firearm without a certificate. So... Uh, really disappointing news for the boxing world and how stupid can you be? Because keep in mind, he was also the trainer uh, who had worked with undisputed welterweight world champ Terrence Crawford. Disappointing indeed. Well, thanks once again for joining me. Appreciate it very much. Um, remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and we'll see you later on at 4 p.m. when I join uh, Mike Orr at 4 for his show, Knuckle Up.